Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Well, I hope you guys have had a great weekend and uh, got to go out and have a lot of fun, like going down the zip line and, and doing the hayride and, and sleeping in tents. Was it cold last night? Just a little bit? Yeah, just a little bit cold. Well, and we're about to draw this weekend to a close, and I'm just telling you guys, I know you guys have never been camping before, but it would not be complete if you don't tell scary stories on the last night, especially stories about ghosts. So here we go. I hope this, this won't be too scary for you. So this is, here's the story, okay? So uh, a long time ago, there was this guy, and he was, he was going all over the country, and, and he was preaching, but he, he was kind of a scary dude because he was wearing weird clothes. His clothes were made out of, like, uh, animal skins, and he had a really weird diet. He ate bugs, and he ate honey and stuff like that. He was really weird, kind of a weird dude, you know? And so he's all over the place preaching, 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 and all of a sudden, one day, he comes down to this river, and there's this other guy that shows up, and he asks him if he will baptize him or dunk him in the water. And so he says, yeah, I can do that. So they walk out into the middle of the river, and this, this guy that's kind of weird with the animal clothes, he starts to baptize him. And when he brings the guy up out of water, a couple things happen that was kind of different. First off, there was this voice that came out of nowhere. Ooh. And he, he, he talks out, just like out of the sky, man. He just, just this word, the, these words, they can hear it, something about him being his son or something, and he's kind of pleased with him. And, and if the, then if that wasn't weird enough, then the next thing that happened was really freaky because there was this thing that kind of came down from the sky. And the only way I know to describe it, it was kind of like a, I don't know, like a bird or something. And it came and it hovered right over this guy that had been baptized in water. And then they suddenly realized that right above this guy's head, this thing that looked like a bird, it was the Holy Ghost. Are you all right? Yeah. I want my mommy. <laughs> So baptisms in Scripture were not unique. The idea of somebody being baptized in water was not a new concept. In fact, uh, for those of us that got to go to Israel last year, believe it or not, it's almost been a year, uh, one of the things you see real right off the bat is everywhere you go, now you got to remember this is not Oklahoma, this is Israel, like this is not red dirt where you can dig in it easy, this is like concrete rocks everywhere, rocks as hard as you can imagine, but everywhere you go, somebody has taken the time and the energy to dig out what they call mikvahs, which were ritual baths. Just right there out of the rock, they, they ch take chisels and sharp instruments, and all throughout their history, they're digging these ritual baths. So baptism was not that unusual. Um, in fact, uh, the word baptism simply means this, to be fully immersed. I want you to think about the meaning of that term, to be fully immersed. So since baptisms weren't that unusual, the only thing that was unusual about this baptism was the fact that at the end of the baptism, God speaks down from heaven and says about Jesus, this is my son, and I'm well pleased with him. And then, of course, the other part that was different was that the, the writer could only use descriptive terms, and he says something like a dove 
came and hovered over Jesus, representing the Holy Spirit. And so that made it different. So let me see if I can explain a couple things. Again, I'm going to try to stay out of preaching mode as much as I can and get into teaching mode. I don't know if I can pull that off or not. Uh, Probably at times. We'll see. Uh, In this account that we reference around the the campfire this morning, something interesting to me uh, is there. It's not mentioned, but it's modeled. And that is, is that if you haven't figured it out, uh, God operates in two fashions. Number one, and I'll mention both, and then we're going to go into the second one the, the most this morning. He operates in order, and he operates by pattern. Okay, so let's, let's talk about the first one just briefly. God does everything in order. We know that. I've talked to you about that before. You can see that revealed in creation because God creates a sky before he creates a bird to fly in the sky. Or he creates water before he creates fish because he always operates in order. Right? And so we know that, but not only does he operate in order, he operates in patterns. In fact, I don't even have time to deal with all of this. I'm just going to mention it briefly this morning. If you go into the Old Testament and you begin to read in Leviticus, what you discover is all of the instructions, all the, the uh, prescriptions for worship, if you will, are nothing more than a pattern that he wants us to follow in worship. And so uh, I'm going to go deep into that in just a minute and, and just mention one as an example. But let me stop right there and say this, just so we're all on the same page. You do recognize that patterns are important. Okay, three, three examples that I can show you that prove that pa- patterns are important. We have the head football coach of the Bethany Broncos, undefeated, by the way, woo-woo, in first place. And I can guarantee if I give John the microphone, he could take about an hour as if you were all wide receivers or tight ends. And he could talk to you about the importance of running the right pattern because a lot of times in football the the quarterback throws to a spot they don't they don't wait for the 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 receiver to get there that in practice months ago they predetermined that the the wide receiver or the tight end is going to run to a certain spot a pattern and I'm just going to throw the ball whether there's anybody there or not and if you don't run the pattern you mess up the play okay so that's one example there's another example uh, this example comes out of my own experience. Y'all going to think I'm weird, but this is, this is wisdom. This was great. I had swag back in the day. I can prove it, all right? Out of my home ec class days, all right? See, y'all think I'm weird, but you got to understand why I went to home ec. Number one, they had food. And number two, uh, who goes to home ec? The girls. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Me and one other guy in home ec, we were smart, man. And so we went to home ec, and I've discovered that I had a project due because we had to learn how to sew. And I learned very quickly that if you don't follow the pattern... The shirt that you're trying to make or the apron or maybe it was supposed to be a shirt and it turned out as an apron as a result of the fact that you didn't follow the pattern. What I discovered was that the look and the function and the comfort of what you're trying to make can be compromised just because you failed to complete the pattern. Okay, third, third example. I don't know much about construction, but I do know this. If the pattern or the blueprint or the plans call for concrete and steel, I don't want to go in the building if the guy that built it decided that he didn't like the plan and substituted aluminum and clay. Okay, so I don't want to be in that building, right? And so, so the pattern is important. So in this passage uh, that we referenced and then throughout Scripture, there is a pattern. It's the pattern of three. 
Um, in, uh, in the account that we reference, you see a, a pattern of three. You see God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. That's one of the patterns that you can follow all through Scripture. But also in the example that we talked about, about the worship that was prescribed for the Old Testament uh, people of Israel, th- there's a pattern of worship. And I just want to mention it to you. So Moses is instructed to build a mobile place of worship called the temple or the tabernacle, uh, tabernacle since it was uh, mobile, uh, pattern of three, outer courts, inner courts, holy place, right? There were three, but I want you to see it goes, the pattern even goes further than that. As they're op- trying to get, now here's the goal, what's the goal? The goal is to get to the presence of God, right? What's the goal today? To get to the presence of God. Right? We sang about it. It's all we want. We want to get in His presence. Right? Well, in the Old Testament, in this pattern, there were some stops that you had to take to get to the holy place. Before you could get into the holy of holies where God dwelt, you had to make three stops. The first one was there was an altar where sacrifices were made. The second one, there was a laver where you washed yourself. And then the third one, there was a flask of oil so that you were anointed. And once you completed the pattern, you could go into the holy of holies. Are you with me? It's a pattern. So here's the problem. See how smart you are, how much Bible you know. If you walk into the outer courts and you come into the tabernacle and you go to the altar and then you go to the laver, but you decide you don't like the oil, so you skip it and you go to the Holy of Holies, what happens? You're dead, right? Didn't, don't pass go. Do not collect $200. You're going to more than jail. You're going somewhere else, all right? You're dead, right? And the reason is, is because there was a pattern a pattern, a pattern. So, when Jesus arrives on the planet, he completes the law, right? He completes it. He fulfills the law so that we don't have to go through a human priest anymore to get into the presence of God. Thank you, Jesus, right? Uh, So, to have access to the Holy of Holies, Jesus fulfilled the law so that we could have access. Um, But I want you to notice that the pattern that existed in the Old Testament still exists in the New Testament. In order for us to experience everything that God has for us, then we need to complete the pattern. All right, y'all still with me? Okay, so let's think about the Old Testament plan for one more second. You've got the altar. You've got the laver. You've got the flask of oil. Okay, let's rename them. You've got blood. You've got water. You've got oil, right? Blood, water, or another word for oil that is all, oil is always symbolic of is spirit. Okay. <laughs> Blood, water, spirit. It's the pattern. But I want you to see it in the, in the New Testament because all three steps are still important. Fast forward, okay? Fast forward. First John chapter 5. I want to read to you uh, verses 7 and 8. And I want, to see, want you to see. Now, I do want you to notice that at the end of this, he reverses the order. Not sure why he did that, but it's the same pattern. Right, here we go. For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness on earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. He worked backwards. 
And these agree as one. So again, we're looking for a pattern, and it is repeated in, in the New Testament. But simply put, the pattern that is laid out for us is this. The blood, salvation, water, water baptism, the Spirit, baptism in the Holy Spirit. That's the pattern. Now stay with me, because some of y'all are getting really nervous. I can, I can feel you tightening up on me, because you don't come from a Pentecostal background. Listen, I'm going to mess some, some folks up on both sides. Those that have been exposed and those that haven't been exposed. We're going to see if we can get this thing right, because this is the pattern that we need to follow. There are three baptisms mentioned in Scripture right here. In other words, three's company. For you old folks, you know what that means, but some of, you, some of y'all just... Okay, never mind. Uh, so let me show, show you clearly how this pattern works in the New Testament. Are you ready? Here it is. Look. The Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. Okay, last week I read to you out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3, which says that the Holy Spirit is the one that makes it possible for anybody even to admit that Jesus is Lord. In other words, the Holy Spirit operates in you as, as He's wooing you and bringing you to Jesus. He's convincing you of your own need for a Savior so that you come to this place where you can declare Jesus is Lord. So the Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. Paul makes, that spirit, makes the Spirit's involvement even clearer in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13 in the first portion of that verse he says this for we were all baptized by one spirit as so as to form one body so the holy spirit baptizes us in jesus to form one body you cannot be saved unless the holy spirit works on you and convinces you that you need to be saved and once you become convinced of that he baptizes you in jesus okay so you're with me so far that's blood that's salvation. But there's a second baptism. The second baptism is this. Followers of Christ baptize us in water. At least we're supposed to. Uh, in the great, it's part of the Great Commission, in fact. I'm going to read it to you. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. This is talking to the disciples. I recognize that. But haven't all through the ages, we've all, as disciples, we've embraced this commission that we are supposed to do this. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. This is the, the commission on us that we go out and we convince people, we witness to people, we testify to people that they need Christ as their Savior. When they get saved, we, we take one step further and we baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in water. You know, it must be miracle water. It's like special water. Y'all do know that we have like a special spigot back there that comes straight from heaven. It doesn't come from Bethany. It comes straight from heaven and it tingles when you get in it. Right? Andrew says it does because it's so cold that last time because I, I forgot to turn the heaters on. Uh, but it's just water. So what's so important about that? Water baptism is the very public act to signify that there has been this very private moment where I have come to Christ and now I am dead. When I go under the water, I am literally showing the world, I'm testifying to the world that I am dying, that I'm now dead in Christ and when I come up, I'm a brand new creature and I'm not who I was. Right? That's why we do that. It is a New Testament version, if you will, of the Old Testament covenant act. 
Do you remember that? Some of y'all know about that where they would cut an animal down the middle and the two parties that were having, uh, making a covenant would weave their way back and forth between the carcass of the animal and they would do some things. They would trade weapons. They would trade armor. And basically they would say, your enemies are my enemies and your family's my families and my family and all that kind of stuff. That's really, in essence, what takes place when you're water baptized is there's this covenant act taking place. You're showing the world a very public display that I belong to Him and He belongs to me. Water. We started at salvation and blood because the Bible says there's no remission of sin without blood. We moved to water so everybody knows and then it gets kind of freaky and we don't like it very much. But remember, three's, a comp- three's company and remember that there's a pattern And unless a pattern is completed, it isn't complete. And it doesn't achieve the intended outcome of the designer. Okay, so I figure it's going to get really quiet up in here for a few minutes because some of y'all are freaking out already. So there's, there's the blood. Then I go to water baptism to, rec- to, to, to represent what's taking place in me. But there's a third stop, a third baptism. And I want you to listen very clearly how I say this. Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Okay, that's a, that's a key phrase that I just said that I am having to relearn myself after being raised in Pentecostal holiness surroundings with frog-choking services that you've never even experienced or dreamed of in your life around altars and camp meetings where it was hot and it was water coolers and mosquitoes and, and all of that, people dancing and screaming and falling out. I'm having to relearn that the proper terminology is this, that Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Okay, you say, well, why is that important? Because I told you last week, if you mislabel something, you will misunderstand something. And so all the time I was growing up, we called it this. Have you been, uh, it's baptism of the, of the Holy Spirit. Wait a minute, let's not get confused. I've already said that the, the Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. That's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Okay, I don't have time to do grammar work, so you go figure it out. You can figure out the, 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 who's doing what, where. Okay, the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is He baptizes us in Jesus. But there's a third baptism, which is represented by oil, where Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Okay. This distinction is seen on multiple occasions. I want you to stay with me, all right? Because I, I, I'm trying to unlock some things for you so we can get to next week. All right? Listen. John the Baptist says this about Jesus in Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. He says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. So there's the first two, repentance or salvation, and then baptism of water. Then he says this, but he who is coming after me, Jesus is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Who baptizes us in the Holy Spirit? Jesus. Y'all like Jesus? I'm kind of fond of Jesus. There's some other folks I don't care for so much, but Jesus I kind of like. Right? Because He... He, he made provision for me. He sacrificed his life. I kind of have come to this place in my own life where I kind of trust Jesus. 
There's some other folks out there I don't trust so much. There's some preachers I don't trust. There are some church folks I don't trust. There are some unbelievers I don't trust. There are probably even some of you in this room that I don't trust a whole lot, but I won't call you out by name just because I have the microphone. But there probably are a few of you that I wonder about at times. But Jesus, I never wonder about. I can trust Him, right? And John says that Jesus will come and baptize us in the Holy Spirit. He repeats the same exact thing in Mark chapter 1 verse 8. I'm not going to read it to you. It's almost word for word. Then Jesus tells us himself. He says in Luke chapter 24 verse 49. I'm going to send you what my father has promised. But stay in in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. In other words, Jesus is saying, it's me. I'm the one that's doing it. I'm sending you the promise of the father. That's what I'm going to do. Then he goes on in John chapter 16 verse 7. He says this. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, guess who's going to do this? Jesus says, I will send him to you. So why are you so scared of the Holy Spirit if Jesus, the one that we trust, the one that we put our life in His hands, the one that we said would never leave us nor forsake us, the one who has our best interest at heart, why are you so scared of the oil and the Holy Spirit if it comes directly from Jesus? So here we go. I'm going to break it down very plain for you. The first baptism, which is blood, gives us access to heaven. Right? Everybody with me? Okay, the second baptism, which is water, gives us a platform to witness. That's why we get water baptized, is so we have a platform to say, hey, this is what happened in my, li- in my life in the first baptism. I'm going to do the second baptism and invite all my friends and families to come and watch. Going to tell my coworkers about it. Going to invite them to the party because I was dead, but now I'm alive. It gives us a platform. But the third baptism, which is oil, gives us power to live and witness here. Let me take you back to the first account that I alluded to you at the fire. Jesus carries out the pattern to a T. Think about this now. Jesus is salvation, what? In the flesh. Slain before the foundation of the world. The lamb. He's the lamb. He's the spotless one. He fulfills the sacrifice. He is the first stop embodied. He is salvation in the flesh. Right? So then, he, although he is God in flesh, salvation in flesh, no sin can be found in him, he stops and does the second part of the pattern, and he allows a mere mortal man by the name of John to baptize him in water. And as he's being baptized in water, completing the second step, he moves over into the third step, and the Holy Spirit, like a dove, comes and descends on him and fills him with all the power and the authority that, that God had for him so that he could carry out his task on earth. And so if Jesus thought the pattern was essential, why don't we? Oh, you say, well, I, that, I, don't, I don't know if I like that. Well, then let me just take you back to the early church. In Acts chapter 2, the very first message preached by the early church. In Acts chapter 2, Peter follows this same pattern in verses 37 through 39 or 27 through 39 or something like that. I'm just going to read it to you. I don't know what it is. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? 
What are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to get access? How are we supposed to have this thing that you've got? How, how does this happen? He says this. Peter replied, repent. First stop, salvation. And be baptized. Water baptism. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and all, for who, all who are far off for all whom the Lord our God will call. Aren't you thankful that the pattern didn't stop on the day of Pentecost? He says it's good for all of you, even those of you that are far off. And I don't know about you, but I was a long ways off. But the pattern still works. Well, it was just for the day of Pentecost. It just ended then. Really? Okay, you're going to make me prove it, aren't you? 25 years later, 25 years later, Paul's on the scene. And in Acts chapter 19, beginning in verse 1 through 6, Paul preaches the same exact pattern again. 25 years later. Listen to what he says. I'll prove it to you. Now it happened that while Apollos was away in Corinth, Paul made his way down through the mountains. He came to Ephesus and he happened on some disciples. Stop! Disciples, not, not heathen, not pagans, disciples. What does that mean? That means they, they've come into a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, right? Okay, we're all clear. The first thing he said was, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Did you take God into your mind only or did you embrace him with all your heart? Did he get inside you? And this was the response. We've never even heard of that. A Holy Spirit. God within us. And then Paul asked them, how were you baptized then? And this is the response. In John's baptism. That explains it, said Paul. John preached a baptism of radical life change. Or repentance. Right? Right? That's what he preached. So that people would be ready to receive the one coming after him who turned out to be Jesus. If you've been baptized in John's baptism, you're now ready for the real thing for Jesus. And they were, as soon as they heard of it, they were baptized in the name of the Master Jesus. They were water baptized. And then Paul put his hands on their head and the Holy Spirit entered entered them. And from that moment on, they were praising God in tongues and talking about God's actions all together. There were about 12 people there that day. So what I'm saying to you is even 25 years later, Paul still thinks the pattern works. Repent, salvation, be water baptized, water, stop at the oil. Okay, let me make a very blunt statement to you and then I'm going to get out of your way. Salvation, hear me, because I know what's said out there about Pentecostal people. I want to clear it up real quick. Salvation gets you access to heaven, period. Period. I don't, we, we don't even need to argue about that point, because if salvation alone does not give you access to heaven, then what you're really saying is that we just lied because we said Jesus was enough, and all of a sudden he's no longer enough. Now you've got to get saved and you've got to wear the right clothes and make sure you don't wear any makeup, ladies, and you get your hair really high on your head. And then maybe, just while the guys can wear anything they want to, then maybe, just maybe, we'll let you into heaven. That's not how this works. Salvation alone gets you. In. I don't want you, uh, listen, please, uh, I, I don't want you to ever hear me. 
I will never tell you that if you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit, that you don't have access to heaven because that's wrong. That's a lie. There is no second class citizen, third class citizen in the kingdom. We're just citizens in the kingdom. We've all been saved by grace. We all have access to heaven if you've repented and accepted Christ into your, in the, as your Savior. Am I right? Okay, we're all on the same page. But I want you to remember the purpose of a pattern. A, the purpose of the pattern is so that it can cause the end result. It can accomplish the, 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 the design, that what the designer had in mind at the end. So this is what I'm trying to tell you, is I think, I think that Jesus came and died on a cross so that we could have access into heaven. But I think he recognized that there were, it wasn't just about finding life after this life. I think what he really wanted to see happen, and what I, my goal for you is this as well, I think I'm on the right track here, is that Jesus didn't just want you to get saved and go to heaven. He also wanted you to have the opportunity to experience life in its abundance now. Because if you don't experience life now, what you do is you set up in churches like this and you sing, I'll fly away because you want to escape to a better life one of these days. In the sweet by and by, there'll be chocolate cream pie. I can't remember the rest of the terms, but it would be heaven to me if there was chocolate cream pie um, or Bojangles. About the same. All right, so... But if you don't, if all you do is you gain access to heaven, then this is fire insurance. It's a fire escape, and I'm just going to hold the fort. I'm just going to come in here and cocoon. Just hold the fort. Don't let anybody know I really believe. Don't tell anybody what we're doing up in here. Let's keep it just us four and no more because we're just trying. We don't even care if they die and go to hell. We just want just, just, to hold the fort till Jesus comes. Jesus didn't die for just that. I think the reason that he demonstrated and modeled the pattern for us, I think the reason the New Testament church exploded was they recognized that there's a pattern and when you complete the pattern, you get to the end result, which is you not only gain access to heaven, but you have the power and the authority to walk here on earth and bring the kingdom here. So, this is my question. How many of us are willing to go through step one of the pattern? Because we're not the one dying. And we'll even like go through step two of the pattern if the pastor doesn't forget to turn the heaters on. I volunteer for that. I mean, I like to swim anyway, so. And if they got the heaters going, it's more like a hot tub. So, so I'll do number one and I'll jump in the pool with number two but number three is kind of weird. You know why it's weird? Because you ran into weird people. If the Holy Spirit comes from Jesus and we trust Jesus and I know Jesus is kind of different and he talks different but he's not weird then why when we get over here to the oil do we want to bypass it and go well I'll just settle for one and two because I know I'm going to get to go to heaven 
But my question is this, is how many people do you know that have stopped at stop one and they've accepted Christ as their Savior? They may even have been dunked at some time in their past, but even though they're alive up there, they're still dead down here. Have, have you met anybody that's saved, water baptized, and hateful? They look like, they look like the, the donkey who tried to suck the golf ball out of the gopher hole. Y'all ever met anybody like that? They're, they're, they're bitter and they're angry and there's no joy and there's no hope. There's no faith. But they stopped at one. And maybe they even did two. But they bypassed three and they want to try to get into God's presence. But God's presence has no impact on their life because they're missing a step. complete the pattern to get everything that he has for you you need to complete the pattern so I'm just going to tell you how it was in my day okay you needed to complete the pattern you need to go to an altar we would have to extend our service until like 5 o'clock this afternoon and I need to get a couple ladies to help me I need one both have to have big bibles And I need one of you to stand in front of me and slap me with it and say, hold on. And I need the other one to stand behind me and beat me over the head with it and say, let go. I'm not lying. If I'm dying, I'm lying. If I'm lying, I'm dying. I'm telling you right now, that's the way it was. It was like, you got to come and you got to beat the doors of heaven down because he doesn't really want to give it to you until you work for it. You got, I mean, you, you need to be all emotional. Like you've got to have exactly 1,232 tears running down your cheek. And there needs to be just a premium amount of, you know, coming out your nose. And about that moment, the music has got to be just right. Wait a minute. There was no music when Jesus was baptized. On the day of Pentecost, Hillsong's worship wasn't playing in the background. And 25 years later, Paul opens up a conversation by, hey, jokers, y'all been filled with the, Holy, with the Holy Spirit? No. Why? Okay, I'm done. I'm done. Let's see how good you guys are. How are you saved? What is the requirement to be saved? Don't say, don't say Jesus down on the cross. What is your part? Let me ask it like that. What is your part of being saved? Starts with an F. And it has an A and an I and a TH in it. What? You mean I, I couldn't work my way to salvation? Nope. Your righteousness is like filthy rags. Nothing you can, you are not saved by your works lest any man should boast. So how did you get saved? So maybe sitting in an upper room never having seen it or experienced it before. They had to accept the fact that Jesus wasn't lying to them. And they had to operate in faith. There were no old ladies there with Bibles. There were no hula hoops to jump, no hoops to jump through. They just trusted God and they had faith in what Jesus said. Jesus said, when I leave, I will send a comforter and I will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. So what are we going to do, Steve? We're going to roll that. We got to do it like you did it because the only way to get filled is the way I got filled. Why do we do that stuff? 
I just, listen, Pastor Andrew gave you the opportunity this morning to be saved by extending your faith. I just want to give you the opportunity to complete the pattern and to receive the gift that Jesus promised he would give us and just accept it by faith. So let me say this this morning and then we'll pray. If you have not accepted Christ into your life, you have not made him the savior of your life, extend faith and believe that he's the savior of the world and in that moment you can be saved. If you have not yet been baptized or if you were baptized before you got saved, God's a God of order. He works by pattern. So if you're out of order, why don't you come talk to Pastor Andrew and myself and we'll, we'll set it up and we can baptize you in water just so you can get the pattern complete. But this morning, why don't we just accept the gift that Jesus said he would give us? Can you trust him? Come on, is anybody in this room willing to testify that you can trust him? I've got people in my life that I've known since I was five or six years old that were raised in Pentecostal churches that are still not baptized in the Holy Spirit because they think they have to go through some thing, some ritual, some act. Terry, come on, Terry, like five hours. I tarried six hours. You got to Terry, brother. In every account. In fact, in some of the accounts that I didn't even read to you, not only do they get saved, they get filled with the Holy Spirit instantly at the same time but we want to make it difficult so this is what we're going to do because the Holy Spirit's not weird we make him weird he's not weird so this is all we're going to do this morning right where you're seated I'm just going to pray and I just want you to ask the Holy Spirit I, I just want you to, if you're if you're interested in completing the pattern you say well I'm saved I'm, I'm good with that well there's more to life than that there that that's good for heaven but what about living here why don't we complete the pattern and allow him to fill you with all the power and the authority of heaven so that you can operate in that while you're still here on earth and if that's you this morning you say I trust Jesus and I know he wouldn't do anything to harm me and I don't have to be afraid of him then as I pray all I want all I want you to do is just open your hands up in a receiving posture and say hey Jesus you said you said that you would send him to me and allow him to fill your life today you say well what about the tongue stuff we'll talk about that next week because we made that weird too needlessly but I'm not worried about the tongues part right now what I'm worried about is have you completed the pattern so that you can have power because like I said we need the power of the Holy Spirit just to go to Walmart forget coming to church and you can get him as simply as this I want everything that you have for me so Father this morning as simply as I know how to explain your word we recognize that there is a pattern that we need to complete and we recognize that if we don't complete the pattern then the results of the pattern cannot be accomplished in our life we recognize Jesus that when you arrived on earth you went through the same pattern we also admit right here in front of you and everybody that oftentimes we've made this really weird and we repent of that because, Holy Spirit, you are not weird. You are the perfect representative of Jesus and our Father. 
And so I pray this morning, Jesus, that as we spend these few moments together in prayer, that you would increase our faith level and we would trust you. We trusted you with our salvation. I trusted you at at five or six years old at an altar where I gave my life to you. I trusted you that you had my best interest at heart, that you wanted to save me from a sinner's hell, that you wanted to give me access into heaven. I trusted you with that. So now I trust you with the same level of trust. And I ask you, Jesus, if you've got more for me, if you recognize your own need for more, now I'm asking you as one of your followers, as somebody that believes in you completely, I ask you to complete the pattern in my life. Fill me with the baptism in the Holy Spirit right now, I pray. I pray that power would erupt and explode in my life. I pray that the gifts would begin to manifest. I pray that I would have a a greater level of faith, a greater level of hope, a greater level of joy. I pray that miracles would begin to follow me. Signs and wonders would become normal in my life simply because I extended and put my faith in you Jesus and Jesus we will not make it weird we just ask you to complete the pattern complete the pattern and father if there's anybody in this room this morning that has been brutalized by the teachings of man that causes them to feel weird about the Holy Spirit or bypass the Holy Spirit or think that they have to jump through hoop after hoop and they're never going to get it, then I pray that you'd break that lie down right now and that by the example of what you showed us in your scripture and by your example on earth, we would simply put our trust in you and we would walk into a greater level of power today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, if you've got your hands open. Would you just begin to extend your faith right now and say, Jesus, I want everything. I want everything. I want everything. I've been filled with the baptism in the Holy Spirit since I was 12 years years old, but I still want everything that you have for me, Jesus. What I have had is great, but it's not enough. I need more. I just need to be a little stingy this morning. I need more of you, Jesus. And I recognize that on this planet today, that comes through the power and the anointing of the oil in my life, the anointing of the Holy Spirit in my life. So, Jesus, Jesus, I put my trust in you. Baptize me fresh and new in the Holy Spirit today so that I'll have the power to live and to be a great witness about your son Jesus. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.